Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, Senior Editor for the Democrat Gazette, and boy, education has really been in the news in Arkansas in recent weeks, so we're going to talk education today on the Southern Fried Podcast, all the way down from Bentonville, Ben Cotillo of Forward, Arkansas. Ben, thank you for making the trip, and thank you for visiting with us today. Well, of course. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. All right. I'm not going to take for granted, and I never do, so we start kind of basic, that our listeners even know what Ford is. So so give us the uh, Cliff Notes version of what the organization sure. is, what it does. Sure. We were, well, we were started in 2015. Uh, it, was a, it was created by the Walton Family Foundation, the Winthrop Rockefeller Foundation, and really to be an external strategic partner to the state uh, around education. So we uh, connect and convene stakeholders, you know, philanthropists, business leaders, uh, state leaders, as well as as community members to really identify opportunities and and drive kind of collective action against those uh, opportunities. We also work directly in communities. So we provide direct support to schools, districts, and communities to really uh, identify their needs and and chart a path forward to kind of reach those needs and and address those priorities for students. We were talking before the program, you grew up in the Cincinnati area, moved here from Boston, a Mm -hmm. job opportunity for your wife, and uh, but you had been involved in education. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background so we can get to know you a little bit better. Sure, sure, of course. So I spent the first eight or nine years of my career in, in technology, actually private sector mm. technology. And at that point in time, um, decided I wanted to do work that was more meaningful for me and made an intentional transition into education. So that was about, yeah, 14 years ago now. So uh, since then, I've been working in consulting, philanthropy for nonprofits, a, a little bit of time in education technology and really doing work uh, similar to what I do now at Forward, but in other parts of the country. So a little Mm -hmm. bit in Boston, uh, quite a bit in Chicago, but also other parts of the country as well, uh, Michigan, Colorado. How does doing work in places, and and we'll get a little more in depth on your recent report and so forth, but just in general, I'm wondering how does doing work in places like a Chicago, like a Boston differ from doing work statewide in in what is still a largely rural state like Arkansas? Yeah, Uh, that's a great question. Uh, And certainly it was a a bit of a learning curve for me. I would think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I'll say right off the top that I took this job and got excited about this job and doing it in Arkansas because actually compared to places like Chicago, I believe the, the opportunity, the opportunity for dramatic change, improvement, transformation exists here and the ingredients exist here, uh, you know, even as compared to places like Chicago. So in Chicago, first you have, you know, as an example, you have, it's a, it's, it's huge in scale. So just in that, in that school district alone, you have 650 schools. We have, you know, over, just over a thousand in the entire state of Arkansas. So the scale is enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, just, uh, you know, incredible level of complexity there and just, uh, you know, his, historical kind of challenge. Um, whereas, you know, here in Arkansas, again, and, th- and these are kind of some of the reasons why I took the job here, we have, you know, we've got committed state leaders. 
we have incredibly engaged uh, and invested corporate philanthropic sector. Mm-hmm. We do have largely, or you know, a, a huge part of the state are, are small rural communities. But in these communities, you know, these folks are proud, invested in their communities. The dynamics, you know, in many ways are good, uh, and they're open and eager to do better for their kids and do better in education. So for all these reasons, and re, you know, these are you know some of these things differ from places like Chicago. Again, that's that's the difference in doing the work here. But what I also believe is kind of the opportunity. Yeah, and and, and you have basically answered what was my next question, and that was, and, and if you want to d- dive a little deeper on yeah. this, when you looked at Ford Arkansas, why why did you say this is a good fit for me? Yeah, well. This is the type of work that I've been doing for a long time. And so it is really, um, you know, it's very, it's, it's strategic work. It involves, you know, we have all these ingredients, like I just said, in the state. We've got, you know, a lot of folks that are heavily invested. Um, we have communities that are invested. But they're really, you know, at times in the state, there, there isn't necessarily an organization pulling all those pieces together. Right, bringing all those stakeholders, all those pieces together, and identifying kind of shared goals and opportunities to move forward collectively. And I think that is really the key to making real progress, or that is one key to making real progress in education here in the state. Uh, and that is the role that Forward tries to play. Yeah. Now, I'm going to get to the 2023 report that was released, but let's set the background. Tell me about the previous study and and how that uh, really, really built an agenda for Forward Arkansas. The work before you got here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, in 2015, really when the organization was started, and so they led a similar process. And so it consisted of, uh, you know, analyzing education data. But really the biggest part of it was a statewide engagement effort um, of folks throughout the state, community members, state leaders, really everyone top to bottom, left to right, um, to identify kind of, again, those shared needs and priorities, figure out where we are currently, uh, and set some goals and, and kind of priorities as we move forward. And that really kind of was around or part of the founding of Forward, and, and that really kind of launched our work or launched the organization's work at that time. So why did we decide to embark on this whole process all over again? Yeah. Why, why did there need to be a new report? Yeah, yeah. Few reasons. So first, it's been eight years since mm-hmm. that. It's been eight years yeah. since that report, and which I think, is an eternity. Which is a long days, time. Yeah. yeah, which is a long time, Every especially in education. Yep. Um, I think you know. Unfortunately, we knew generally that that we as a state, uh, you know, weren't making the progress for kids that we want and need to make. Also, you know, in that amount of time, the landscape has changed. You know, lots of lots of uh, conditions have changed in education. And then obviously we experienced a global pandemic, um, which you know, we're just emerging from the height of still. And uh, that really disrupted every facet of education. And it also shed light on the needs and new needs uh, that we weren't as mm-hmm. focused on. Uh, and it also made things worse. Uh, I, I mean, I want to be clear, we weren't, we weren't in a good spot before COVID right. uh, from an education right. standpoint. But COVID, uh, you know, brought that to light. And again, it it made some things worse. So coming from that and on the eve of new leadership in the state, we felt it was a really important time to go through this process again, to understand, again, where we are, uh, get voices, get the voice of community members, of of folks throughout the state uh, to understand 
what those needs, what those opportunities are now, what they want for their kids, uh, and then you know chart a path forward. Let's let's talk process for just a second before yeah. we talk policy. How, how did you go about collecting all these responses? Were these actual meetings, this online survey? How, yeah. how did you get the information? Yeah, it was it was a huge effort. Uh, we have a pretty small team at Ford, and it was a huge effort. Um, that was over, you know, uh, seven, eight months, to be honest. And um, all of those things you just mentioned, all of them. Uh, all of the And above. so okay. every, every way we possibly could, we wanted as much feedback as possible from as many people as possible. But I think the most important, so we had online surveys, uh, and we got, you know, close to 4,000. Overall, we got input from close to 4,000 Arkansans. Mm-hmm. We had surveys. We had focus groups in person, virtual um, with educators, with state leaders, lots of individual conversations with folks. But I think the most important part, we knew we needed to get feedback from community members, parents, families, others, and we knew we needed to go to those communities to do that. So we held uh, you know, close to 45 in-person meetings, uh, our team and our partners, really in every part of the state. Mm-hmm. We were trying to reach every part of the state. Um, and so that's that's how we did it. Were there any things that really surprised you where, you where you looked at the results when you compiled them all and basically said to yourself, wow, I didn't see that coming? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. What I'll say is on the data and kind of the, the findings and what people said, honestly, I wasn't that surprised. We mm-hmm. weren't that surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew... We knew generally that, you know, the, the system, the, the system or schools weren't working for a lot of kids, and we need we need to do better. And and so we heard that, and the data showed that. I think, and and what we heard, you know, from folks reinforced that. But I think the surprise to me, or, or not a surprise, it was also a hope. I think coming into it is when we asked the question. Generally, the question we asked in every conversation we had, every community meeting we had, was. What opportunities do you want for your kids, your students, or your future employees? And, and then what, what do you think they need to learn in school? What is most important for them to learn in school? What, is mo- what are the most important experiences for them to have to reach those opportunities? And I think the surprise or exciting part about it um, for me or for us is that when we ask the question that way, regardless of who we're talking to, they largely said the same things. And so I think for Again, for us, a um, little bit surprising. That was the hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that is really the, the opportunity here, too. When we're talking about the opportunities we want for kids and what they need to learn to get there, you know, regardless of who we're asking, uh, it's, it's uh, you know, there's agreement there. And so that's an opportunity. We can focus on those things. And also the the areas that were identified or what research data show are are some of the most important things for kids to achieve better outcomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said at the time that the report was released that of all the places you've worked, and we've talked about Boston, we talked about Chicago, you mentioned Colorado, you felt Arkansas was positioned to answer the needs of students. What what did you mean by that? What, What positions Arkansas? Well, um, you know, it's a little, it, it's it's a bit of what I talked about before. I think the conditions exist here. The ingredients exist, uh, you know, especially as it compares to some of those other places where I've, I've done some of this work. Um, 
I think, you know, part of it's scale. You know, we're, we're talking about an entire state, but we have 1,050, you know, roughly 1,000 schools in the 1,000 public schools in the entire state. Um, that's, a, that's a number we can impact. And we have, you know, committed, engaged folks at all levels, and we have invested communities. Um, all of these, all, you know, this is the opportunity. Like, those are the ingredients we need. Now, we, we, mm-hmm. we have to figure out how to bring those together, leverage those you know, to move forward, to really have the impact that we want. But that is the opportunity. You mentioned earlier the pandemic, um, and I don't see any other way of saying it, certainly here in Arkansas, across the rest of the country. Our kids really took a beating, didn't they, from an education standpoint? They, they did uh, from an education and, you know, really physical and mental health uh, standpoint. And I think from an education standpoint, certainly, you know, the dis- disruptions to learning were massive. And the data show that, you know, the data shows that. But then I think, you know, the impacts on, you know, things like mental health and, and um, you know, the social aspects of school, those were pretty severe. Uh, they existed before the pandemic. So the pandemic did shed light on that in a way that it hadn't been before. But they also, the pandemic had, had a, um, a big impact on that for many, many students. And, um, you know, when students aren't uh, physically or mentally healthy coming to school, you know, the, their ability to learn math, reading, whatever is, is severely limited. If they're scared or anxious, they, you know, they can't learn those things. You know, when I was reading about the report, there was one point where you were really, I got to tell you, preaching to the choir, because I say it when I give speeches across the state all the time. And that is, we have got to expand that definition. We've long talked about K through 12, uh, we've got to talk about early childhood now through 14 or 16. And and you did touch on that, um, more early childhood on the front end and a better job of workforce training on the back end of mm-hmm. the system, right? Absolutely. It's the entire, you know, we call it the continuum. Uh, mm-hmm. So almost almost cradle to career, some people call it. But so it's, it's really, it starts, you know, at a very young age, pre-K, early childhood, um, but then, you know, our goals for students are that they they have and are prepared for opportunities after education and opportunities to get good, high demand, living wage jobs so mm-hmm. that they can be, you know, productive members of society and happy and take care of their families. And so we have to look at it all the way from the beginning to that point. We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried Podcast, but first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Pride Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. You'll also get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, 
articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. As a bonus, we're offering a limited-time deal to our podcast listeners. To take advantage of this exclusive offer, click the link in the description or go to ArkansasOnline.com forward slash podcast 23. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. You know, I, I, I admit my, uh, my, my bias here. I, I spent five years full-time as president of the Association of the 11 four-year private colleges and yeah. universities in the state, so I'm very high on, on higher education. And, and in some places, you know, it's become popular to say, well, not everybody needs a college education. Well, certainly not everybody needs a four-year degree. But certainly in Arkansas, you look at it, we need more bachelor's degrees. We need more master's degrees. We need more PhDs. But we also need more. And we've got 22 community colleges out there. We, we need more certificates. We need more associate's degrees. And that gets into that whole workforce training issue. Uh, where, where I see Arkansas right now is we are, as you know, as statewide, doing pretty well economically. Uh, we, we need people, actually, more than we need jobs as we're at historic low rates of unemployment. But the workforce participation level is really low in yeah. Arkansas when you look at it. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, it's true. And I think you know, the pandemic had an effect on that. Uh, but also, you know, it comes down to preparation and readiness and, and access to opportunities as well. Um, and I think, you know, what we say in the report, and I, and I do want to say about that report, that is not meant to be, real quick, that is not meant to be forwards report. Yeah. This, that is really meant to be a reflection of, it, it's meant to be a report for the state of Arkansas mm-hmm. and, and really a, f- a reflection of what of the voices of our Kansans. But on the career aspect, you know, we need a, a, a clear kind of comprehensive vision for workforce, for career education, um, and, and really that entire entire continuum. You know, you started to talk about different, de- you know, different degrees and, and things like that. And, and, you know, the way we think about it is, um, you know, we call it career pathways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there are lots of pathways to a good career and a good job. And, and, you know, some of them are four-year college, some of them are associates, some are certificates right after. And, you know, every student needs access to all those, but also they need exposure and experience experience in them and start to build the skills they're going to need for those careers earlier on in school. And then, you know, as they get closer, uh, they need more exposure and experience in those. And I think, you know, that's part of how we hopefully get there. We have just passed in the Arkansas legislature a a major education bill. It was done very quickly, frankly, with very little debate. I'm not going to make you get political. Don't worry. That's not what we're here for today. We're here to talk big picture. We're here to talk policy. But, uh, you know, as you look at the landscape, and, and you could wave that magic wand and say either through future legislation or administratively, 
What, in your opinion, are we missing, and what are the big things we still need to do to make Arkansas public education as good as it possibly can? You mean in general or as it relates to that legislation? Uh, In general. In general? In general, yeah. Let's let's pull out, you know, big picture. Here's what this state of just over 3 million people really needs to do. Yeah, well, what I think— what I think we need um, in this state, and really this this is true in every state where I've worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we, we pass policy and, um, you know, we set those priorities and we set those guidelines and we, we determine how resources are allocated at that level. Um, and that, you know, that, that has a big impact and that plays a big role. But that's just one piece. That's one lever. You know, where I think we need to focus, uh, I'm not saying it's necessarily missing. I think we can definitely do better. We need Mm -hmm. to do better in this area. But it comes down to then from that, you know, from that policy standpoint, it comes down to strategy and implementation. So um, how are we then, you know, carrying out those policies? How are we helping, you know, down to the community and school level? Uh, Just because, you know, a policy is passed doesn't mean those those folks down at that, you know, at the local level know exactly what to do with that or how to leverage that or, or, you know, use the conditions that have been created. So um, I think, you know, what we need um, is, you know, as much energy, we need to continue that energy, all that energy Mm -hmm. that's been focused on, on policy in these recent weeks. Mm -hmm. We need to continue that same energy from as many or more people to continue the momentum on, you know, how are we collectively working on these things as a state and how are we engaging communities and ensuring that they have the, you know, the tools and support to implement, implement, uh, you know, these policies and, and, you know, other, other strategies and approaches and, and, um, you know, get creative and innovative at the school district and community level in a way that um, addresses what students need most and also, you know, acknowledges and addresses, uh, you know, the, the local needs and priorities in that specific community. Going back to the first of our conversation, we talked about the formation of Forward Arkansas, the the philanthropic organizations, private foundations that were involved in informing it. Uh, to broaden that out to the corporate community and the business community, uh, in, in your time in this job, have, have you found for the most part, the business community in Arkansas is receptive to the kind of education reforms that we really need to achieve our potential in our education system here. Yeah. In my, in my experience so far, they, they definitely are. They definitely are. You know, I think increasingly, uh, and this is something we're, we're trying to elevate and support increasingly. Mm -hmm. and, And, and what needs to happen is we need to see and everyone needs to see and you know business and business leaders need to see that the 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 connection between education and economy and workforce those are those are absolutely linked you know mm-hmm. completely linked and if we don't do education well we're not going to do you know we're not going to get to where we want to be be able to strengthen the economy get the workforce we exactly. need things like that so those have to be linked. Um, I think the the business community, again, in my experience, uh, for the last two and a half years, is receptive to that. But it needs to be it needs to be broadened. I think we need more business, more business leaders involved, engaged. You know, believing that and supporting that, invested in that. All right. So you've got this report done. I know it was a massive effort. It's out. 
where do we look to see forward going in the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years, sure. in your opinion? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just that report. Again, that's just it's kind of a new it's a starting point. And so um, it's really, you know, now the the work begins, I think, you know, so we are going to play a role. Um, you know, we'll play a role in, you know, we have these these priorities that emerge in the report, uh, you know, there's a there's quite a bit of alignment with the legislation that's recently been passed. Um, so there's an oppor- there's a big opportunity there. You know, we're we're now, but as I said before, it's it now it, it becomes strategy and implementation. So at the at the state level, what are the what are the strategy and plans for for implementing those policies and these things? And then um, you know how do we support communities to do it well to, as well? You know as well. And so our we're going to play a role in both of those areas. So hopefully as a you know strategic partner and support among state leaders and also engaging the business community, engaging other you know influencers to, to be a part of this and invest in this. But then we're going to provide direct support in communities to help them you know within these state level guidelines, help that set that vision for their own community, their own kids, their own schools, and then identify um, approaches and solutions that uh, you know they need to determine those, but but they need uh, they need and, and and want support, uh, we found. And so uh, we're going to help do that. Um, but then I think on this report and the engagement, again, that's that's the engagement, the follow-up on, on this report, and just in general, that needs to continue. Um, we can't just engage folks one time, get their input, and then, and then you know, the engagement stops there. We need to, uh, you know, continue that, talk about, measure the progress we're making, evaluate how we're doing, get feedback from folks again. Uh, and that needs to continually, um, we need to continuously improve and that needs to continue to inform the work that Forward does. And I think really the state as a whole does. I ask about the business community and I've got to ask, and I know I'm asking you to paint with a broad brush, yeah. but in general, have you found administrators, uh, superintendents, principals, others open to the the kind of changes that the folks at Forward Arkansas think we need to make. Yeah, I do. I do. I think, you know, largely um largely uh and this is this is painting with a broad brush. It is. Um, I, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it is painting. I know with it a broad can brush. differ from yeah. district to district, but I, I just wanted Absolutely. to get a general feel. Look, I think of whether those people are resistant to change or open to change. No, I, I mean, I think I think there's an there I think there's an openness, mm-hmm. right? And that's part of, you know, the opportunity I see uh, in Arkansas, I think there's an openness among among educators, among district leaders, among school leaders, just in communities. And I think there's a you know, a, a, yeah, a strong desire because the, I mean these are their communities. Yeah. There's a strong and, desire. And, and when <laughs> I and I want to make the note personally when I when I use the term those people, I, I say it with the greatest admiration and respect. My dad sold athletic supplies to high schools all yeah. over the state my whole time growing up. So. All the adults I knew growing up were, were school people, yeah. superintendents, principals, coaches, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the commitment is there. You know, largely the commitment is there. The desire is there. Um, I think those are some of the hardest jobs, <laughs> you know, that exist, mm-hmm. to be honest. They really are. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the folks, you know, have we've been doing it one way education the system for so long and i think you know some of those fundamental ways that we approach 
um, approach education, approach, you know, instruction for kids, the experience for kids, some of that needs to, needs to change. But I think when when you've been doing it one way for forever and that's all you've seen, Mm -hmm. it's hard to think outside of that. Um, but I think if, if, um, it's also in how we approach those communities and those, those local leaders. Um, and if you approach them in a way that first, acknowledges and recognizes their leadership, their expertise, um, acknowledges the unique needs they have in their schools and communities and what they want for their kids, and then help them identify solutions that are going to you know, work for their communities and kids, Like then I think there's, there's an openness to that. Uh, whereas if we tell folks exactly what they need and how to do it without, also igno- or without acknowledging you know, their input, their voice, then there's going to be more resistance. Mm-hmm. That that makes sense. Ben, I told you this was going to go fast. We're we're out of time oh, we're again, done. and I will really <laughs> want to thank you, and uh, would love to have you back sometime. We'll I, update this because I know this is an ongoing work. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you having me, and would love to come back. All right, Ben Cudlow, he is the executive director of Forward Arkansas. We've been talking education reform in the state of Arkansas. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Southern Pride Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.